my name is Lewis. I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for going on two years now. I've been the DM for about a year, and I'm here with my good friend. Yeah, uh, my name is Ethan. I am friends with Lewis. I have been playing for close to three years now. Uh, about this summer, I will be getting on to three years. I've been DMing for about that length because usually I've been the DM, designated DM uh, for the group. Yes, I didn't start until quite a bit into my journey. And today we're going to delve into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Do you care to join us? Dungeons and Dragons, or D&D as many of you may know it, is a game. It's a role-playing game. Uh, role-playing turn-based game, which you play a character which you create beforehand, and you become that character for a good solid two or three hours, maybe more, depending on how much time you put aside for it. In this game, we use a range of dice, the smallest being the d4, a four-sided dice, or and a d20, a 20-sided dice. The dice, the D and the D uh, obviously stands for dice, and the number is the number of sides. You also have a D6, a D8, a D10, and a D12. There is another tens like for D10 if you're rolling a D100, so it's easier to roll. This podcast is going to go into a few different subjects. We're going to start off with three episodes, the first of which we will build a character and talk through the process the second of which we will use that character and run through a combat. We will talk about what that is and how it runs. And in the third episode, we will talk about and run through an example social encounter. Our character from today will go shopping. To begin with, we're going to choose a race. Yes, today our race, which we have chosen, is the half-elf, the perfect blend between the two societies of humans and elves. Shunned by both societies, neither wanting them. Elves usually name their half-elf children after humans. Humans usually name their half-elf children after elves. So, you can guess that they're not really accepted. But, due to this distance that they naturally have between the two societies, they make perfect diplomats. They have abilities, which Lewis will be going into. Yes. This will give us a few initial benefits. To start off, we will get a feature, Dark Vision. Our character has a small sense of night vision, you could say. They can see within a radius of them, but they can't d- discern colours. They get another fit feature because of their elven part of their blood. They get a feature fey ancestry. This means that they are better against magic that can charm them and they can't be put to sleep. They also get to choose two skills. Each skill is a different area that your character can be trained in and they gain proficiency in two of these skills. We have chosen survival and history. Survival is about tracking or surviving in the wild, and history is about the history of the world or remembering things sometimes. Every race also gets to choose their languages. 
most races can speak common. This is the widely accepted language in the world. Because we are a half-elf, we can also read and write Elvish, and one extra language we've chosen, Gnomish, because it's fun. Also, each race gets ability score improvements. This is enhancements to abilities of your choice and some given. Half-elves are good with their charisma, and they can choose two other abilities, which will go up slightly less. Talking about those ability scores, that's what we'll do now. How we're going to determine our ability scores. We're going to roll for it. We're going to take 4d6, and we're going to take the highest of those three, and that will be the number that we use. Once we have our six numbers for each score, we will put them into one of these scores. Yes, you have strength, which is usually the determined feature that talks about dealing damage. Uh, it also determines what type of armor you can wear. The more stronger they are, the heavier the armor you can put on. While on the other spectrum, you have dexterity, which is all about your nimbleness in battle. It determines your order that you go when you're in combat, which is known as initiative. It determines how good you are at dodging things. And some weapons, on the other hand, also use dexterity. These are finesse weapons, such as uh, a rapier might be one, or a dagger, or even range, range weapons also use dexterity instead of strength. Constitution is both the least used, but also the most crucial ability score. That determines how much health you have, because you add your constitution modifier to your health. Now on to the three... More, those were your physical traits. These are more your mental traits. You've got intelligence, which is, you know, as it says, your intelligence, your mental readiness. These are used for stuff like history, about recalling information, uh, or nature, which is mostly about the same thing, but about nature, or medicine, same thing, but medicine. And then you've got wisdom, which is... It's more to do with common sense than being intelligent. It also affects other things about, like, how well you can, like, detect if someone's bluffing. Like, if you were in a poker game or something like that, you would use your per, you would use your insight, as it's called, which is determined by your wisdom modifier, how well you can read people. And lastly, you have the skill, which everyone thinks is a useless skill, but it's actually really useful and quite often the key but it's also funny if you have a low charisma uh, you know you, you get you get those times when you accidentally roll a zero one persuasion checks you know you have, <laughs> if you have a low charisma this determines your ability to persuade people deceive people so lie, that sort of thing, uh, or how good you can perform musical stuff, acting stuff, uh, that sort of thing. This skill is meant to represent your willpower and your natural talent for things. I think we should roll for these. Yes. You tell me the numbers, and I'll put them into our abilities. So, first of all, we have uh, six, five, four, and one. Since what Lewis said beforehand, we will remove that one, making a total of 15. Look at that. The same thing, apart from instead of one, I rolled a two. 
So you remove that too for a 15 again. Not as high as a 15, but I got a 5, 5, 4, and a 3. Removing the 3 gets you a 14. This time, ooh, a lower one. A 4, 2, 2, and 1. Removing that 1 gets you an 8. Hmm. So, a 5, 2, 1, 1. Removing that 1 gets you an 8. On the other spectrum, I rolled a 6, 6, a 3, and a 2. Removing that 2 gets you a 15. What are we at now? 5? That was the 6th. That was yes. the 6th. Cool. I did not count because I was too busy. Same yes, I've counted. We have a 15, a 15, a 14, two 8s, and another 15. Yes, that makes So, these numbers, they might not make sense if you don't know what the game is. On your ability scores, 10 is the base. 10 is no benefit, no negative. This is the average for that skill. For every even number you go above 10, you get an additional plus one to the dice whenever you use that ability. For every odd number below 10, you get a negative one. So for example, if you have a nine, that would be a minus one, as would an eight, of which we have two. If you have a 12, that would be a plus one, as would an 11. With our abilities, I'll go through now what we're going to put them into. And first of all, let's start with the high abilities. We will start with the three 15s. These are going to go into strength, because our character is going to be up and close and personal when it comes to fighting. 15 because we want to have a lot of health if we're going to be up in the thick of things. And the other 15 will go into Charisma. This is because our class has spells, which, were we to use them, would use their Charisma. These three abilities, funnily enough, are also what we will increase from our race. We have a plus two to our Charisma, which will bring that up to a 17. And we get to choose two other abilities to increase by one. So we will choose that strength and constitution to take those up to a 16. Which means for these three abilities, when it comes to rolling for strength, we will have a plus three to whatever we roll. With constitution, we will get into that when we get into our class. And our charisma is also a plus three because it is only a 17. If it was an 18, it would be a plus four. Our 14, we are going to put into dexterity. This will help us when it comes to reacting in the fight. Our two eights will go into intelligence and wisdom, so we are not going to be the smartest cookie and we might not have the most common sense either. We will have a minus one to both of those roles. And now that we have our abilities, we'll go into the class. We are going to be creating a paladin today. Which many people may recognise as a crusader you might see on most images. Classic sword and board, taking all the damage, dealing all the damage, and not giving anything about it. More in depth, they are the holy warriors. The temple's first choice of who goes into battle to smite undead or fiends like devils or demons. These usually fight evil. 
There are 12 basic classes in Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, and each one gains unique benefits at level 1. Some features are given to all classes. For example, the first feature you gain is your hit points. Each class rolls its own die to determine how many hit points it gains. At first level, this always counts as maximum. So for our Paladin, which has a d10 for their hit dice, it will be a 10, plus our constitution modifier of 3, so we will have a total of 13 hit points at level 1. Each class also gains proficiencies. As a Paladin, we are proficient in all armors, all weapons and shields, so we can use whatever we want to. We also have proficiency in two skills of our choice from a list that you are given, and we chose athletics and medicine. At first level as a Paladin, you get a feature called Divine Sense. This is a feature that allows you to open your awareness to that around you to detect the presence of undeads, devils, demons, and celestials. You also get a feature called Lay on Hands, where you get a pool of points equal to your level times five, which you can use to heal your allies or yourself. That is all the features that you get specifically for your class. Now we're going to go on to describing our character. This is backgrounds, which give you extra features and just what we look like in our short backstory. So, our half-elf, we have given him a human name. His name is Tom. He was raised by the human side of his family, and he always dreamed of being the lord of the town that he lived in. But his father did not approve of this. He wanted him to join the family business. He wanted him to be a merchant, travelling with his band, going through... Providing goods and joy to the people that they found. Tom was not for this. As soon as he was old enough, he left his home. He joined up with the guard and he swore an oath to protect the city from dangers it faced. Over the next years of his life, he would rise up through the ranks of the army until eventually he was up there as a royal guard for the king himself. So, Tom his appearance. His elven blood comes from the High Elf. These are the more magical kind. They, are, they tend to be depicted as golden yellowish skin, so we've gone for that. His skin is a sort of goldish yellow colour. He has long brown hair flowing down his back, with bright green eyes. He's not the tallest. He's somewhat middle-aged for a half-elf. They can live to mid- 100, 140, 150-ish, a little bit longer than most humans would live. Let's get his equipment for him. Choosing equipment, you get a few options to choose from. The first option is you can choose a weapon and a shield, or two weapons. We are going to take a weapon and a shield, and the weapon we will choose is a longsword. The second option is five javelins or another weapon. We will take five javelins, give us a little bit of range attacks. We don't really need another up-close weapon. After this you can choose a pack. You can choose a priest's or an explorer's pack. They get, these give you different benefits, give you different items depending on what you feel like you're going to be doing. We're going to be choosing explorers because in the next episode Tom is going to be going on a journey. So this explorer's pack will get him his backpack, a bedroll, a mess kit for cooking food, tinderbox, a set of torches, some rations and some water and some rope. For the second one, you choose chainmail and a holy symbol. We'll take an emblem, and his emblem of his god will be on his shield. In the next episode, Tom 
our friendly adventurer is going to go through a challenge set out to me by our good friend here, Ethan, who will be acting as a DM. I have a question for you to end our episode today. Could you give us a brief description of the favourite character that you have ever either played or had a player play in a game that you have DM'd? Well, that's, that's a tough choice. Uh, it's a mixed... I know. All my characters have been pretty great. <laughs> so it's, it's a mixed bag, yeah. I've DM'd for some fun ones. I've played some fun ones. The one I remember the most that I actually kind of really like is one that I've played. Uh, and it's between the two that have been really fun, but I'll 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 go with the go with the uh, Tiefling Bard that I've recently played in a game where Lewis has DM'd. Uh, yes, her name, yes, her name is Astrid Deladaris. She. And she, yeah, she's she's been real fun. She's the class. She's almost the classical bard in the sense that she's very talkative and upbeat, and uh, will often buy around for everyone in the bar before she leaves the bar, just to cheer up their spirits. It was with heavy heart and great regret I must inform you all. Astrid sadly lost her life the week after. Recording this podcast in a session where an avalanche took the whole party away. Even so, player death just leads to a new beginning, new characters and possibly a new adventure. Although we are attempting to rerun the same one again with a new group.